0: Hi, Foxies. The episode you're trying to listen to is right around the corner, but first we need your help. You may have noticed that there are no ads during The Fox and the Foxhound. We prefer this being ad haters ourselves, but we need your help to keep it that way. If you love this show, please consider signing up as a patron at patreon.com slash The Fox and the Foxhound. We have Patreon tiers starting at just $1 a month. And not only will you get fun extra content and an unedited cut of every episode two days early, you'll be directly responsible for keeping the show going in all of its ad free glory. Thanks to all of our existing patrons, past patrons, and hopefully future patrons. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Amanda. And we are the Wilsons. We've been married for over a year and started the show when we were still engaged.
0: Kev is reading through the series for the first time.
1: And Amanda is a longtime Potterhead.
0: Each week, we read a chapter or two and discuss our exploration of the series.
1: Every episode features a marriage lesson from each of us based on what we've read. And Kev makes a prediction about what is to come. This podcast is about Harry Potter, love, marriage, friendship, and the power of kindness.
0: If you are listening for the first time, welcome. In the second half of the show, We'll let you know how you can keep in touch with us and your fellow listeners.
1: We'll also let you know how you can support the show through Patreon and contribute content yourselves.
0: Warning, there's always a risk of adult language and poorly crafted jokes in each episode.
1: Welcome to to the the Fox Fox and the Fox Fox Sound. Sound. Silver and opals, (laughs) silver and opals. Some Everyone <laughs> loves to steal necklaces from locals. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. <laughs> One chapter episode, chapter 12, Silver and Opals.
0: Opals, yes. Before we do that, though, we have a retraction. What's your retraction noise? Uh, uh, awkward. Awky. Yeah. Auckland, New Zealand. The retraction is that in last week's Marauder shoutouts, you had mentioned that our dear Signia. Was from the Netherlands. She's not from the Netherlands. She is from Denmark.
1: Right. Yes. We are properly abashed and ashamed. Once again, proving our immense knowledge of geography <gasps> and showing how educated Americans generally are about the rest of the world.
0: We just are really bad at geography. I think we're especially bad, even for Americans. It's It's been a goal of ours for a long time to learn more geography. But- Yes. So our dearest apologies, our dearest, our sincerest apologies, our dearest our apologies, best apologies, our best apologies to Sinha, who is from Denmark, not the
1: Netherlands. Right. They're we love you. Same. That's like saying, sorry, I kept saying you were from Antarctica. You were actually from Alaska. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, they're both cold. They both start with an A. I so mean, we to just to be figured. fair, <laughs> to
0: be fair, the Netherlands and Denmark are geographically very close together. Right. I do know that. But they're so very
1: different. Dude.
0: They're very different, but I think the Alaska Antarctica, just because of distance from one another, is maybe not the best metaphor.
1: I also wrote what was it? I referred to um Someone has a cello player. I was thinking of like Yo-Yo Ma or something.
0: Oh, yeah. That was what, but like, uh, I totally understood what you meant. It was, um, who the fuck was it? Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very ridiculous. Like we were both conflating like Kenny G and Yo-Yo Ma. It was very weird time for us. This was like book two, maybe. Yeah. One chapter, Silver and Opals. I am reading first. Where was Dumbledore and what was he doing? Harry caught sight of the headmaster only twice over the next few weeks. He rarely appeared at meals anymore, and Harry was sure Hermione was right in thinking that he was leaving the school for days at a time.
1: It wasn't a very slick attack, really, when you stop and think about it, said Ron, casually turfing a first year out of one of the good armchairs by the fire so that he could sit down. The curse didn't even make it into the castle. Not what you'd call foolproof. You're right, said Hermione, prodding Ron out of the chair with her foot and offering it to the first year again. It wasn't very well thought out at all. But since when has Malfoy been one of the world's greatest thinkers, said Harry? Neither Ron nor Hermione answered him. (laughs) Harry's a little extra this chapter. Isn't he always?
0: He's a little something. He's a little extra something. He's a little stinker. He's a little stinker this chapter for sure. little stinker.
1: So, like you read, Dumbledore is still kind of MIA. Yeah. They're wondering where he is.
0: Yeah, and Harry's like...
1: Kind of got his feelings hurt a little bit about this. Yeah, because he was supposed to get private lessons from the old man.
0: Right. He's like, did he forget? Like, what the F? Is that just not
1: happening anymore? Or is there a war going on with the devil himself, Harry? And maybe Maybe you think about something other than yourself.
0: Right. Maybe everything isn't about you, chosen one. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Now we're like, Snape, you'd love that, wouldn't you, Harry? (laughs) I know. The chosen one.
0: We really do oscillate. About our feelings regarding Harry from week to week. But Harry begins this chapter by being a reckless fuck, basically. I mean, holy shit, this guy. He's still very into his book. And he's noticing that everything written in the book does not necessarily have to do with potions. So there's like these little jinxes, little hexes. Little things
1: that maybe the half-blood prince had like cooked up. Yes, himself'
0: invented yeah and he just starts doing them
1: just doing them to people with no idea what they do or I mean what the hell and even Hermione calls him out like you know how dangerous that
2: is
0: yes yeah because so there's the toenail growing spell that yeah. he uses on either crab or goyle I don't remember which one which like yeah okay so crab and goyle both suck. Ha ha, look at that. But you like didn't know what that spell was going to do. Like you were just trying it out on somebody. Yeah. And then the tongue sticking to the roof of the mouth for Filch, which again, Filch sucks. We hate Filch. But still, dude, like this this kind of brings me back to the central question of like the good guys have got to be different than the bad guys.
1: Right. And the school really needs to do more about the use of magic in general.
0: Oh my god. Because
1: kids are committing violence. That's what I don't like about it. It's yeah. I don't like the violence. I don't like kids committing violence against each other. Exactly. I know a lot of people that are assholes. Yeah. I don't necessarily want them to like meet a violent fate. Right. I just hope that like their day doesn't work out. No. Right. Right.
0: You just you don't give them the middle finger. You just give them a big thumbs down. Right. You know? It's like
1: my old coworker Ryan used to always say, Man, screw that guy. I hope he gets in a car wreck, but nobody gets hurt. Yes.
0: Man, screw that guy. I hope his taxes get audited, but ultimately everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, but I still want
1: it to be a great inconvenience to him.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Muffliato is a new spell that we learn that's really the the only one of those 3 that's named, you know, the author just calls it the toenail growing spell and another spell that did yeah. this and then Muffliato. So that's maybe a clue that we'll see Muffliato again. Like this is now a spell that's sort of in the mix, yeah, just like like Alohamora. Yeah, exactly. And Muffley Auto is very, I feel like it would be so convenient, right? It just fills everybody's ears with this like unidentifiable little buzzing. So you can have these private conversations and the person can't hear. But that's
1: scary for the person. They have, that's called tinnitus.
0: Right. Well, I mean, we all have it from time to time, don't we? Ringing in the ears? Do you not? Have, do I your ears? They do. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, is it just me? Because yeah. my ears ring like often.
1: Yeah, I've listened to a lot of very loud music in my life too. Right. It doesn't help. No. So HP, little cocky self, oh, decides okay. he's gonna try Levacorpus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it says NVBL, which he's like, that must be nonverbal. Right. Seems like a common abbreviation for. Oh, this is a nonverbal spell. Good deduction. And so he just tries it out. Yeah. He just thinks it. He just cast a spell, this nonverbal spell, in his head. And all of a sudden, Ron is – who's asleep, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. Ron is just hanging in midair. By his ankle. By his ankle. Almost like an invisible hand has grabbed his ankle.
0: Yeah. And, okay – You could argue that Harry does have the thought, like, he doesn't think anything's going to happen because he doesn't, I'm not very good at nonverbal magic. So, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen. He's still taking a really big chance
1: with this. Yeah. And I'm surprised that Ron didn't get mad. Ron's kind of laughing about it. Yeah. Kind of a strange departure from Ron's general attitude. I feel like, I
0: agree. And I feel like this is sort of like Ron... Defaults to humor because it's like the blokey way to handle it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Right? You don't want to be like the dude in your dude group that's like, man, it's come so on. It's
1: so when a prank's played on exactly. you. Yeah. You got to kind of laugh it off.
0: But I do wonder if, like, maybe internally, without the social pressure, just in his own internal world, you know, if maybe he was like, man, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, do that shit on somebody else, not your homeboy. Yeah, you didn't know what that was going to do. Or maybe don't do it at all until you know what it's going to do. Of
1: course, the first thing all readers think about when this spell goes on and hears Ron hanging by his foot is, oh God, that's the same thing they did that James and them did to Snape.
0: Mm -hmm. So that was, even before Harry brings this up, that was the first thing that came to your head? Yeah,
1: even before he said it and then when he said it i was like okay thank god okay Um, i was wondering hermione of course still greatly disapproves Mm. of Mm. him even using this book yeah and she calls the half-blood prince dodgy
0: dodgy she's like i think he seems a bit dodgy yeah we were talking about the word dodgy recently yeah and how we don't really have a good
1: equivalent in the u.s it's not like sketchy is as close as you can get yeah but sketchy i feel like is really specific to, like, malintent.
0: Yes. There's something nefarious
1: you know? about sketchy. Because yeah. dodgy, it's like, oh, I live in the dodgy section of town. You could be like, oh, that's kind of like crime, like scary section of town. But you could also look at something and be like, nah, I was going to buy this dress, but it looked a bit dodgy. Right. You know, like, almost like it's a little, um, in my family, we say weep. Yes. It's like a little weep. It's yes. a little, um, you know, just not. Not put together well, right? Yeah, like oh, you might not want to sit on that chair. It's a little dodgy,
0: right? It doesn't mean the chair is yeah. nefarious. You wouldn't say might like break the chair's a little
1: on... sketchy. That's like we're the... definitely not sitting Jesus in a sketchy. Like if
0: someone told me don't sit in that chair, it's a little sketchy, I'd be like, okay, what's what? it gonna like grab my ass? No, I would. I would think what bodily fluids were leaked onto the right. chair? Yeah,
1: something very extreme. Yeah, dodgy. So the HBP is dodgy. Yes, according to Hermione. And I want to read a little piece here. Yeah. And this is um, remarks that Hermione has about the Death Eaters. Yeah. Because I think it's important.
0: I really love Hermione in this conversation.
1: So Harry kind of thinks, damn, is my dad the half-blood prince? But Harry remembered that his father had been pure blood, but he pushed the thought out of his mind he would worry about that later. Mm -hmm. So this is what Hermione says. The Death Eaters can't all be pure blood. There aren't enough pure blood wizards left, said Hermione stubbornly. I expect most of them are half bloods pretending to be pure. It's only muggle borns they hate. They'd be quite happy to let you and Ron join up. That's a really good point that she makes that I've never thought about. Yeah. They can't all be pure blood. There aren't enough pure blood wizards left to like inbreed or whatever with each right. other to keep the population going. Right. I expect most of them are half-bloods mm-hmm. pretending to be pure.
0: Yes. So now I was kind of wondering, casting my mind back to the term half-blood, and is this, a, this may be just the dumbest question,
1: has this term
0: come up before? In the book? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like it has. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know because I've heard Half-Blood Prince so much mm-hmm. that I don't know if it's like...
0: Right. And we also get in the same conversation the term blood traders.
1: And haven't we heard mud blood? We've heard
0: mud blood yeah. from like book two. We yeah. heard that. But Ron says, they wouldn't want me. My entire family are blood traders. Now, blood traders is maybe not a term that you've seen as frequently. I kind of wondered,
1: like, what exactly, if I was picking up on what that is.
0: It's the Weasleys are a pure blood family. Yeah. But they don't sympathize with that whole shit. That whole, like, pure blood, pure bloods. Only we don't intermix with half bloods and they don't believe in all that shit. So they're blood traders. So. Um, and, I mean, Sirius Black would have been a
1: blood traitor. Well, he was screamed at and called a blood traitor by that painting.
0: Okay. so Blood traitor. Yes, exactly. So, Sirius Black is a great example of a blood traitor. The reason this conversation happens is because Hermione makes a great point. Harry brings this thing up about his dad. And, first of all, we're reminded of the fact that he never told Ron and Hermione about that memory right. that he saw in the pencil. Yeah. He was like, uh, mm, Lupin told me. Yeah, okay. That just came up in conversations. Yeah. Like a really stupid lie. Lupin, but anyway. We haven't heard
1: from in four books.
0: Right, exactly. And <clears throat> then Hermione's like, oh, you know what else it reminds me of? You know, muggles being dangled in the air. Does that remind you of any kind of incident with the Dark Mark, Quidditch World Cup? That atrocity, mm-hmm. that bullshit. I'm sorry, this isn't reminiscent of that to you. And of course, like Harry's sort of, he has this guttural reaction to it, but him and Ron really kind of laugh it off. Yeah. They turn it into a joke. Oh, well, Harry's dad was just messing around when he used it. And it's not the same thing as like- it's but- This
1: book is so dangerous, I think. I think Harry needs to burn this damn thing, put it yeah. down, give it back to Slughorn, something. Something. Uh, it's really bad. This is like Jumanji. Well, it is like Jumanji.
0: Well, I think it was one thing when it was helping him with his potions, and it's like the conversation we had about like the ethics of it, and that's why I was like very clear to say, as it pertains to him doing the assignment, having these instructions that help him do the assignment better, great, I see no problem with it. But when we start venturing away from the relevant material, as in the potion recipe that he's seeing the notations for that's when I think it's insane that he's following any directions. Even if the half blood Prince, you know, maybe that's a big question mark right now, but even if the half blood Prince is like, not a quote unquote bad guy,
1: you still don't know what these do. And like, how old is this book? And it's just, it's not the move.
0: It's really, and it could also
1: be a setup. This could be the dark Lord, set this book up because he's trying to lure Harry in to some false sense of trust. And then he presents some spell in the book that kills Harry or something. You know, this
0: is the same dark Lord who had a minion pretend to be another dude for a solid year and orchestrate the triwizard tournament so that Harry would touch
1: the cup. Like the dark Lord will go to those lengths. This is also the same Dark Lord that lured Jenny in. Yeah. With a freaking diary. diary. Yeah.
0: And that's why she was so mad when she first found out about this. She was
1: like, dude, really? Don't you remember book three or whatever it was? Right book 2. But so, it's mid-October, it's time for the Hogsmeade trip. Yeah. And the weather sucks. Yeah. It's cold, it's pelting rain. Like, couldn't you all reschedule this? Right? It's yeah. But that's how it is. Remember like field trips when you're a kid? They don't cancel it because of the weather. Oh, They're hell just no. like whatever. It's our only time slot to do it. Yeah. Um the toy shop is closed or the joke shop is closed, mm-hmm. which is like I wonder if that has anything to do with Fred and George. So I have in my notes
0: Zonko's is closed because of Death Eaters or Weasley's. Right, exactly. It's really unclear.
1: Um, Honey Dukes is open. Yeah. So they pop into Honey Dukes. It it's sound all amazing? warm and smells good it in smells there. It smells like toffee. And they Ugh. run into Slughorn. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to call them Slug. I know, especially in Honey Dukes. Yeah. yeah. And so Slughorn. It's like, oh, Harry seem to be dodging me. You never show up to any of the things I invite you to. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm playing Quidditch now. I'm kind of busy, dude. I'm sorry. You know, it's like, Miss Granger has been attending all the meetings. And we're like, hmm, oh, is that right? Oh, Hermione's did been- that surprise
0: you? Yeah. I was like, oh, look who's like. Well, she's been getting invited. And, her, you know, Harry's been deliberately scheduling Quidditch practice to conflict with these dinners so he doesn't have yeah. to go Hermione's not gonna lie and say she can't go yeah that's true if she's available she's gonna go by the way did you notice that Slughorn asks Hermione a question and then interrupts her answer <laughs> I fucking hate this because you know how I feel about women getting interrupted yeah because it just women get interrupted like <clears throat> I mean it's no like, they don't Are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) They get interrupted something like four to five times more than men. Or is it like, it's insane. But Slughorn, you asked her a question. She was answering your question and you interrupted her. Because he says to her like, Miss Granger's been enjoying them, haven't you? And she starts to answer and he cuts her off. (laughs) It's not funny. Why are you laughing? It's just your
1: face right now is funny.
0: I'm indignant. I was like, oh,
1: are you fucking kidding me right
0: now? And I like old Sluggy in general, but this is not a good look.
1: Neither is him completely ignoring Ron like he's not even in the
0: room. Definitely not a good look. And Ron definitely gets very, he gets very...
1: Like, reoffended yes. again. Like, he gets his feelings hurt again over this thing. He starts
0: moping around again. Oh, get over again. it. Again, get yeah. some coping skills, man. These things are going to keep happening. Yeah.
1: It's time for you to adapt. And it's time for you to grow up, Ronnie. My God. So, we run into Mundungus Fletcher. Yeah. <clears throat> and Mundungus, we know, is part of the order. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that was smoking weed in Sirius's house. <laughs> I mean. Or smoking something. Smoking something, yeah. In Sirius's house. And it was kind of pissing off Molly, and she- he yeah, seems like he's a little rough around the edges kind of to say the least.
0: He's definitely a bit dodgy.
1: Yeah, so he's holding this like dodgy suitcase thing mm-hmm. and it opens up and these contents spill out. Mhm. And one of them is this like goblet thing that comes rolling out like a chalice. Mm-hmm. And Harry jacks this dude this is an adult. He, this is an or, a member of the order, and he jacks him up and pulls his wand out, sticks it up to his neck. Like, how surprised were you? Crazy,
0: because it's like the way that this is described. It's like, and then the goblet fell out of the suitcase, and then Harry had him by the throat
1: with his wand like, pulled out. It
0: comes out of nowhere. Yeah. What was your, were you, I mean, obviously it's you just, were surprised by that.
1: Harry is just like, he's growing up and he's growing into being this dude that doesn't play any freaking games. Yeah. And he knows that like, there's a war going on. He's knows that people are out to kill him. Like, yeah. You know,
0: I think this is just my opinion. I think this is more emotional. You know, this is. Oh, Cause it
1: has to do with serious.
0: It's he basically in Harry's mind. Mundungus Fletcher, and he even says, what did you do? Like, the day he died, go and just raid all his stuff?
1: Yeah, because all the stuff that spilled out, Harry recognized it from being part of the House of Black. Yeah. Yeah. which Or grandma Place, I mean.
0: Right. Realistically, Sirius hated that house. He probably hated all that stuff. Exactly. You know? And so it's like- Sirius probably, if Sirius were there, he probably would have thought it was funny, you know, that Mundungus, yeah. oh, really? You st- yeah, th- good luck. I hope you get a lot for it. I fucking hate this shit. Get it out of my sight. But to Harry, it represents this violation
1: yeah, of something in sacred. disrespect to the memory of his disrespect, godfather. Disrespect, that's a great word, yeah. So he's like, dude, where'd you get all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And he's asking him. And what does Mundungus tell him?
0: Mundungus definitely doesn't have any kind of straight answer for this. He's like, uh, let's see. You took that from Sirius's house, said Harry, who was almost nose to nose with Mundungus and was breathing in an unpleasant smell of old tobacco and spirits that had the black family crest on it. I know what? <laughs> spluttered <laughs> Who was turning slowly purple. Harry is choking this man. What did you do? Go back the night he died and strip the place? Snarled Harry. I know. Give it to me. Harry, you mustn't, shrieked Hermione. That's as much as Mundungus says. And then he, as soon as he gets out of his grasp, he disapparates and he's gone.
1: Oh, my God. And Tonks is there. Yeah. Because she's like chaperoning, I guess, right?
0: She is. Well, she's been stationed in Hogsmeade. That's right. So she's kind of patrolling or whatever. I mean, she kind of appears out of nowhere. They're like, holy shit, where the fuck did you come from? But yeah, actually, what happens to that Mundungus gets away from Harry is because... There's like a bang, and Harry feels his hand go off of Mundungus. Presumably, that was Tonks intervening, because yeah. then she's right there. What do you think about her really placid reaction to all of this? I think she's just a badass. She is a badass, but she's like, there's no, like, what? Why are you mad, bro? Like, there's no yeah, point. Yeah,
1: I think she's patrolling the streets, and she's just like, I'm keeping things calm around here.
0: Absolutely. I don't
1: care who you are? You might be the chosen one.
0: But I think Harry is, like, trying to get her to understand, like, why this is infuriating. But it was Sirius's stuff.
1: And, and Tonks might actually know right. the answer. It's, Chances are she does. When honestly. Every
0: time I've read this, I always feel like this is her being like, okay, little boy, you don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like, For all we know, she and Sirius had a conversation about the stuff and she knows how much he hates it. You know, who knows? But... The point is, he wants to go after him and she's like, "Where are you going to go?" We don't he he's in London now. Like Yeah. He no, just chill, man. Breathe. Take yeah. a deep breath. But he is still mad when they go into the three broomsticks. Yeah. For sure.
2: So they Go
0: into the three broomsticks. Oh, it's warm. Oh, it's nice. But I mean, like, the mood is really kind of ruined at this point. You know, Ron is still moping about this slughorn business. Harry is still really pissed about this serious black stuff. He's like, can't the order control him? You know, he's just, oh, he's indignant. And Hermione is just trying to get everyone to fucking chill. Right. And everyone's
1: wet and everyone's cold. Just
0: miserable, right? So they get their little drinks. You know, Ron eyes up Madame Rose Murda or tries to anyway, because she's, like, curvy and yes, pretty. Yes, I can just right? see her in my head. Can you? I think they cast her perfectly in the movie. Oh, really? Well, we see her in, in movie three. And she we only see her for a second, yeah. but I think she looks exactly like how I always imagined. But they all just sort of they finish their drinks and I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, can we just go back to the castle? Like, this is miserable. And so they do. They start walking back. And then shit
1: gets real. Yeah. It's Katie Bell, which I love that name. Yeah. But Katie Bell and Leanne something. I can't remember Leanne's last name. Leanne apple butter or something. Apple butter. Yeah, sure. Apple butter. Okay. And it's like They're talking and they're walking like with each other Mm -hmm. in front of the golden trio who's just their kids are just starting to trickle back to school. Yeah. And they're talking to each other, but then they hear it like kind of get high pitched, and it seems like they're yelling at each other. Like they're arguing. These two buddies are like arguing. Mm -hmm. Katie's holding some kind of package. Mm -hmm. Leanne tries to grab the package from Katie. Mm -hmm. And in that little struggle, it falls to the ground. It falls to the ground and opens, and you see like sort of a green glitter inside, and then all of a sudden, Katie is suspended in the air. Now, she's Ooh. not Leva Corpus. Right. Like, she's not by her ankle. She's almost like she was going to start flying. I imagine her almost in like a Christ-like yeah. position with yes. her arms outstretched. Yes. This is one of the darkest things That has ever happened in this series. This gave me the freaking willies, It is
0: creepy. Oh, my
1: God. And then she starts screaming and writhing. Leanne grabs her ankle and tries to, like, pull her to the ground. The other kids help, and she does kind of, like, break from the, at least, like, the suspension part of the spell Mm -hmm. and falls down on top of them. But it's like she can't see them, and she's screaming, She's screaming, and she's writhing around. It's almost like the exorcist, like she's possessed. It's it's so freaking creepy, really freaky because
0: there's and I it's hard for me to put my finger on what is creepy about it. But I had the same reaction I always do. You know what it
1: kind of reminded me of? What? I don't know, like, what the word for it is, but did you ever see Blair Witch Project? Yeah. You know how at the end, Ugh. Josh is just standing in <gasps> corner? I don't want to fucking talk corner. about
0: it. I don't want to fucking talk about it. Like, I just had, like, a body reaction Yeah, it's to like, that.
1: why is it scary? It's just him standing in that corner. It's just so supernatural. It's so unexpected. Yeah. Right? It's supernatural. It
0: goes against everything we know that's normal
1: and typical. About physics and stuff. Yeah. Here's another example. Um, oh. Did you ever see the trailer for the movie The Witch?
0: I don't think I did.
1: Okay, so there's there's a scene from the movie The Witch, and it's in the trailer, and it's like the the camera is showing this baby, yeah. and the baby's like eh, kind of smiling, you know? And you see the mama's hands like close over the camera, like you're looking out of her eyes, and she's like a peekaboo. Peekaboo, She's like doing her hands over. Yeah. And one time she puts her hands together and undoes them and the baby's just gone.
2: <gasps>
1: and it's just this string <sighs> section going, I can't, Oh my I can't, God, I can't. it's the scariest thing. This is thing why
0: ever. I hate horror movies because they stick with me. Yeah. And I agree. I think that this is the darkest thing that's happened in the series so far.
1: It's really scary.
0: The only exception being maybe like you know, weird baby Voldemort in the cauldron. Yeah. Kind of, like, the
1: Tri-Wizard stuff kinda creeped me out a little bit too. Yeah. Um mm, but she, you know, she's six feet above
0: the ground. I just want to read this because, you know, like anything creepy, you kind of like it too. Katie let out a terrible scream. Her eyes flew open, but whatever she could see or whatever she was feeling was clearly causing her terrible anguish. She screamed and screamed. Leanne started to scream too and seized Katie's ankles, trying to tug her back to the ground. Harry, Ron, and Hermione rushed forwards to help, but even as they grabbed Katie's legs, she fell on top of them. Harry and Ron managed to catch her, but she was writhing so much they could hardly hold her. Instead, they lowered her to the ground where she thrashed and screamed, apparently unable to recognize any of them, just
1: horrifying. Oh my god! Oh. So they run to get help. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's it? Ron that runs to get help. It's Harry. Or it's Harry runs to get help, and he runs into Hagrid. Yeah, right. Thank and, God. Yeah. And Hagrid's like, oh, oh, Harry, old boy, I forgot to tell you, blah, blah blah. And he's like, dude, I need help. Like one of the students hurt. Dah, dah, dah. And da da. Oh my! Hagrid's. Oh my God. Yeah. So Hagrid goes, picks her up. Mm-hmm. She's still writhing and screaming. He runs back to. The castle yeah. to get her some help, probably from Madame Pomfrey. Mm-hmm. Well, they see what it is, yeah. the thing in the package, and it's this opal necklace, Yeah, um, hence the chapter name, from Borgin and Burks. Yeah. And Hermione remembers it from when they followed Malfoy into Borgin and Burks. Mm-hmm. And... She saw this necklace that was for sale, but mm-hmm. it's, like, cursed. Well, and Harry
0: remembers this necklace from a long time ago. Do you remember when we've encountered this necklace before? No. Book two, at the beginning, when Harry accidentally flues into Borgin and Burks instead of... He takes one great too far or whatever yeah. and ends up in Borgin and Burks. One of the things as he's looking around is this necklace. Whoa. And it's one of those things you only notice when you reread because this necklace has become so significant now in the story you that when it. you see it described again, so early in the series, you're like, Oh, that's the, that's the Katie Bell necklace. Oh my God. Whoa. Yeah.
1: It's really, really cool. Leanne gives us some information. Yeah. Katie said it was a, perf- a surprise for someone at school.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Right. But it was like she went into the bathroom. Yeah. And then came out with it. Uh-huh. The bathroom in Hogsmeade?
0: Yeah. I don't know if do they say or is specifically it three Broomsticks
1: or I what? I think
0: they were at 3 Broomsticks. Yeah. They're somewhere in Hogsmeade. Right. Yeah.
1: But she comes out of the bathroom and she has this necklace which is like did someone pass this off to her right. in the bathroom which is kind of weird. Right. Then she suggests she must be under the imperius curse. Because she said like, she was acting weird. She's acting weird. She wasn't acting like herself. So that means she might be under the Imperius curse. Yeah. And so now what happens is the whole Malfoy connection. Right. Which is, if we remember, Malfoy's whole deal was, well, what we should say is the kids run into McGonagall.
0: Mm, they they go, I think they're back at Hogwarts and they go straight to her.
1: Yeah. And she's kind of like, little boy, Didn't calm your ass down. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And HP says to McGonagall, I think Malfoy gave Katie the necklace. And here's this theory on Malfoy on the necklace. Mm -hmm. So if we remember correctly, there was something that he wanted to purchase from Borgin and Burks, Mm -hmm. but he wanted it left there. Mm -hmm. And when he was asked if he wanted to take it with him, he was like, can you, let me see what he says. Um, How would I look carrying that? Down the street. Right. This isn't something I can carry down the street. Right. So that kind of means, well, maybe he wasn't talking about the necklace. Right. And then there's something else that he needs repaired. hmm So Hermione's like, yeah, well, that's, you know, you wouldn't really carry a necklace. Like, no one would see you carrying a necklace. Right. It had to be something bulkier or stranger than Or something necklace.
0: noisy. She's basically like, that doesn't line up with what he said.
1: Yeah. So that kind of messes that theory up. And then McGonagall says, also, Malfoy was doing Saturday detention with me for, exactly. like, messing up in potions class or whatever class it was. Right. So, he has an alibi. He does.
0: So, I mean, Harry's theory is just getting, there are a lot of holes getting poked in his yeah. theory. But he's not letting it go.
1: I think this is going to be a really good
0: payoff. You think so? I think it's going to be a really cool one. It's just so creepy to me to think about, like, you Sitting there having a butter beer with your friend, she gets up and goes to the bathroom. She comes back. She has a package and she's acting
1: weird. Like what the fuck? Also, I want to know the circumstances of Leanne grab. Why would? Why did she grab the package?
0: They were arguing because I think this is when Leanne is then recounting the story to McGonagall that she she says they essentially were fighting over it because Leanne saw how weird it was or or did was, she
1: know that it was a neck the curse necklace in there
0: no she just thought it was really strange that leanne came back from the bathroom with something she didn't have when she went in there and she was going i have this this is a surprise for someone at hogwarts like that she was acting weird and so leanne's like don't isn't that maybe like a little strange to just like get like what are you talking about yeah so as they're walking Leanne is basically trying to get her to see reason as to like why this is really strange, yeah. what you're talking about and what you have. And so she grabs for the package either to go, what even is this anyway? Or to go, whatever this is, I don't like it and you you shouldn't have it, whatever. Katie grabs for it. And in doing so, the package opens and she actually touches the the item, the necklace. Because before, Leanne was just right. touching the package. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> so we forgot to mention that Harry takes off his scarf mm, and mm. wraps up the necklace so he doesn't have to touch it, which is yes, smart, very smart. And I think McGonagall tells Harry to take it to somebody.
0: Um, I know that. I think maybe it's Ron looks at Harry like, "Why are you getting this?" And he's like, "Madam Pomfrey will need it." So I think that they were going to get the necklace to Madam Pomfrey. So she knows how
1: to undo the curse, Hopefully. or whatever. It is, Although,
0: you know? no, you know what. McGonagall tells them to bring the necklace to Snape.
1: That's what it is. To Snape, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm worried that Katie's going to die.
0: I mean, it doesn't sound good, right? Whew, and that's that's essentially the chapter there. That's essentially it. I mean, they go back to the common room. They're sort of wondering who could the necklace have been for. They have a few theories. You know, it seems like the strongest one is that it was Harry. It was for Harry, but Harry's like, but I was right behind her. She would have just
1: turned around and given it to me. So, But there was a plan- There was a plan, whether Mm -hmm. she's under the Imperius curse or what, the plan was not take this necklace, walk into the bar and give it to Harry. There was some roundabout way. I don't even think it was going to be given to him as a gift. I think Mm -hmm. it was going to be set up to where Harry would accidentally touch it. Right. And something would happen to him.
0: Right. But we don't know who the receiver was with any certainty. And yeah, that's the chapter. One thing we did completely forget to mention is that Dumbledore does send Harry a scroll with their next
1: lesson. That's right. So
0: as worried as Harry was at the beginning of the chapter, he doesn't need to be worried. And in fact, he's super happy because Monday evening they're continuing these lessons. And I mean, considering what went on the last lesson with the Bob Ogden's used cars and all that, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't be excited, Harry. I would be a little nervous, but he's incredibly excited. Yeah. Good
1: credit. Bad credit.
0: (laughs) Call Bob Ogden's used cars. So, what is your prophecy after this very dark chapter?
1: I don't have a lot to justify this. Okay. But I think that the cursed necklace has something to do with the House of Black.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. It's just weird to me that you have Mundungus Mm -hmm. with these items from Gremold Place Mm -hmm. in this suitcase. Then you have Katie with this other antique estate sale type of thing. okay. I don't, maybe it's a shot in the dark. I can't even really like verbalize my connection, Mm -hmm. but this is just one of those suspicious hunch prophecies.
0: Well, and as you get further into this series and you get to know the author's writing style, I think you're going to find a lot of moments. Some are going to be correct. Some are not where you're like, I feel a connection between these two things and I can't put my finger on it, but I feel some kind of tone. That's
1: the good thing about, very talented mystery writers mm-hmm. which she is is they leave breadcrumbs that go in a lot of different directions
0: yeah yeah exactly it's, it's really fun well that's a good prophecy I like it so what is your oh no I was just strolling from Hogsmeade and I got fucking cursed Hedwig's digital get down hoot
1: hootity who hootity who hootity who hootity who ah Fantastic.
0: A plus. Our Hedwig's Digital Get Down comes from Miss Kelly Moore, one of our marauders.
1: Kelly Moore. Kelly Moore. Who I may be seeing in person soon. Yes. More details to come. Well, that's very
0: mysterious. More details to come. Yes. Oh, all right. Um, well, Kelly has an excellent speaking voice, and very good diction. Yes. So you're in for a treat, all of you. She's a
1: seasoned actress.
0: Yes. And Kelly sent us this through our new website, which is still the same, thefoxinthefoxound.com, but she clicked leave a voicemail and recorded this. And it sounds amazing. Let's see it. Prove it. Let's see it. Oh, we're not going to see anything. But let's hear
2: it. Okay. Hi, Kevin, Amanda. This is Kelly. I don't have a question, but I have... A challenge, which I hope will be fun for you since you guys are both music enthusiasts. This goes back a long way, many episodes back to when Kev brought up Fraggle Rock, uh, which I think has one of the catchiest theme songs of all time. So, what I want you to do is choose a Harry Potter character. It can be your favorite character or any character you like, and choose a theme song for them. It can be a pop song a Broadway show tune, a country song, Kev. It could be a piece of classical music, another TV theme song, a commercial jingle, whatever you like. Just a piece of music that makes you think of that character. So I hope that'll be fun for you, and I'm excited to hear what you come up with. Thanks for all you guys are doing. Love the podcast. Bye.
1: I love this challenge. Is this something you need to take time to think about or is something popping to your mind?
2: I have,
0: because I had already heard the voicemail, I have had time to think about it. But if you need to take time, I get it.
1: Okay. I've got it in my mind. Wow. Just listening to her. Okay. Go ahead. All right. So there's two. There's my funny answer, but there's my, this would actually be cool in film answer. Okay. My funny answer is for Lupin, mm-hmm. the werewolf. The werewolf. Um, and that's Neon Moon by Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> It'll be all right as long as there's light. So cruel. <laughs> but what my real answer is is still for Lupin, and it's the Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunny Man. Fucking love it. It's still a little cruel because this yeah. is something he hates about the himself. Killing Moon. But I love it. And the one of the iterations of the Young Family Band <laughs> when we were. I want to say quarantine when we had to evacuate for hurricane Florence in 2018 yeah. and we stayed with your brother and sister-in-law, Tom and Anne, Yeah. you guys got the family band. There's a lot of different family bands. Oh, There's yes. one big family band, but not everyone lives with each other. Right. Um, but you guys played Killing Moon. You were on ukulele, mm-hmm. Tom was on acoustic 6-string guitar, mm-hmm. and Anne was on an acoustic bass. It was which amazing. It was really really great.
0: Yeah, and, then, like, and the, the wind was, just was sitting howling, there
1: drinking, like as your only audience yep. member.
0: Yep. And you were a great audience member. You clapped after everything. So you yep. play ukulele. N-
1: yeah, not not well, but Tom yeah. plays guitar, mhm, and plays guitar and bass guitar. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, we have a niece who plays the violin. Does she still
0: play the violin? I think she's still dabbling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have a nephew who plays trombone. Mm -hmm. Your dad has played guitar his entire life. Absolutely. Your other brother plays guitar. Yep. A little bit. Miles. Yes. Um, Also, your sister-in-law plays handbells. Yes. I don't know if she still is, but she did for a really long time. I think it might have been because of COVID and stuff. They couldn't meet up at the church or something. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who else? What else musicians Um, do we have? I mean,
0: I have a cousin. I don't know if you've ever met this cousin, actually, who is a really accomplished violinist. Oh, wow. In Arizona. We're a very musical family. My sister has a lovely singing voice. My mom had a lovely singing voice. And your
1: dad has a great voice my too. My
0: dad's got a great voice. And
1: um your brother will sing. Everyone oh, yeah. will sing if it's like called for. But Absolutely. Usually it's your dad.
0: And I'll sing if I'm drunk enough.
1: And it, your dad sings one of my favorite songs ever, which is Gordon Lightfoot's Early Morning Rain. Yes. He does early early morning, rain. Yes.
0: I know you love that song. Good, good submissions. I, I love this. Yes.
1: And good digression.
0: Good digressions as well. You know, my first instinct was to pick a song for Lupin. And now I'm really glad I didn't because you got Lupin covered. My song is for Sirius Black because I have this headcanon. I've always had this headcanon. We talked about headcanons last week. That like, you know, Sirius Black is locked up in Grimald Place for a year. He hates this house. And he what we know about his kind of early life in that house is that he did like everything he could to piss off his mom, right? Because he's got like muggle posters in his room and like yeah. all this. So I have this headcanon that he also had like a record player, right? Like a muggle record player and i also just think he would be a huge bowie fan. and so my like theme song for serious black is life on mars by david bowie because it's it's just dramatic enough and just sad enough
1: and ju- you know like yeah i love it. i love jessica lang singing that song. In the American Horror Story Freak Show season.
0: Yes. Yes. I love Life on Mars. It's probably my favorite David Bowie song.
1: You know a Bowie song that I've recently fallen in love with? What? It's called Quicksand. Oh. And it's because one of my favorite bands, Dinosaur Jr., covers that song on one of their earlier albums. Yeah. And I never knew that it was a cover of a Bowie song. Wow. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that But I was putting together a compilation or a a playlist on Apple Music of Dinosaur Jr. Light which oh, is just yeah. like the some of the acoustic Dinosaur Jr. songs. Yeah. And Quicksand was my first pick when I started building it. And so I decided to like look at the lyrics and I then I saw it. that it was by David Bowie. Then I started listening to the Bowie version and mm-hmm. then talking to my buddy Jackie, who's a Bowie head, about yeah. Quicksand. And anyway, it's a great song.
0: David Bowie. I'm 1986 David Bowie from the movie Labyrinth.
1: Forget about the baby. Forget about the baby.
0: That was an excellent question, Kelly. I feel like we need to... Hold Kelly to, like, periodically resubmitting that question. Yeah. Because I want to revisit this. There are so many other characters I want to assign, like, songs for.
1: Oh, can you imagine if we could go through the movies and strip out some of the score and replace it with, like, Sirius Black when he gets out of Azkaban? Back in black! I love it.
0: I mean, we can do that in a video editing, although we don't have a scene of him, you know, out of Azkaban. But I'll do you one better. There just needs to be a remake, not necessarily of all of the movies. I would actually prefer a remake of not the main characters, but the original canon story. And there's something in the works with HBO. That news came out six months ago now or something that HBO has some kind of series in development. No clue what it's about. Give me a mm-hmm. Marauder series, please with all types of seventies music. Just give it to me
1: like a prequel story. Give it to me, please. Oh, my God. Give me some young Lily James. Snape being bullied. Yes. Give me the Marauders. Yes,
0: please. Please. Can we please just a little bit? Please, please, please. Throw some
1: Easter eggs in there. Like when Sirius is young, he's eating a bucket of chicken. (laughs) You're the only one that thinks Sirius Black ate buckets of chicken. So there's a guy at my work who is an IT guy, and he's very brilliant. And he's always the one that, like, digs really deep into the code and figures out something that's wrong with our system. And when he fixes it, it, like, revolutionizes everything. Yeah. He also just happens to be a very nice guy. Well, his boss, like, months and months ago, maybe even last year, mentioned, like, Derek, as usual, dug deep. Derek, the surgeon, you know, dug deep and da-da-da-da. So I always refer to Derek as the surgeon. (laughs) And so— a couple of weeks ago, I said, that's why they call you the surgeon. And he said, nobody calls me the surgeon. <laughs> you call me the surgeon. Serious <laughs> Black is going. He was like not joking when he said it. And I was like, oh. And so then I had to announce his birthday at the morning announcements. And I said, happy birthday to Derek, the surgeon. <laughs> My God, you're just going to double down
0: on it. Yeah. yeah. Sirius Black would say to you, nobody else says that I'm eating buckets of chicken. Only you think that I'm eating buckets of chicken. But Sirius Black can't say anything
1: because he's dead. Molly's song could be Red-Headed Stranger by Willie Nelson. Stop it.
0: Stop it. There are so many. There are so many. Like, if you, if I have a Marauders series in the 70s, give me Simon and Garfunkel, the only living boy in New York, sweeping shots of Hogwarts oh. with this... Uh, stop it. I can't.
1: Can you imagine when the Marauders, that really intense scene where they follow... Um, the wolf down into the underneath the Whomping Willow. The trick that, that, that they scene. played on Snape. Imagine yeah. it was, who let the dogs out? Oh, no, 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 no. Who, no. who, who, who
0: let the That's dogs? absolutely gross. How dare you? That would be a good use of killing Moon. FYI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so many. So Kelly, you have to resubmit this question periodically and we will just be held to doing it when you resend it in. So you have ultimate control over how frequently or infrequently we do this. Dumbledore?
1: Oh man, look at me now. Stop it. I'm a lot like you were. Mm. I, I can't.
0: There are too many. Like, I I literally cannot keep playing this. Like, I will, I will never stop talking about it. Okay.
1: I can't. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. We'll be playing this game long after the podcast um, stops recording. Yes,
0: yes. Well, I am up first for marriage lessons. I bet it's a good one. It is a good one. Thank you very much. This comes from one particular line at the very top of this chapter, when Harry's basically reflecting on, like, where is Dumbledore? And, you know, has he forgotten about our lessons? And that line is, Harry had felt bolstered, comforted, and now he felt slightly abandoned. And when I read that, I was like, damn, Harry's like a really good study of his own emotions. Like, th- there's some some nuance between feeling bolstered and then comforted. You know, like he reflects a lot on his emotional state. And that was a a rare moment in this chapter where I was like, Good for you, Harry. You're 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 really killing it. And that's a journey that I'm very much on because recently I've I've kind of realized about myself that that's not a very strong skill for me is like recognizing the nuances of my own emotions and recognizing these low-level emotions before they become a 10. Yeah. So, my marriage lesson is do the work and take the time to get to know your own emotions. Good. Cuz I think that makes you the best partner you can be for someone else.
1: So my marriage lesson is essentially exactly the same. Stop from the same exact line.
0: This is two weeks in a row that we've
1: done. I have this. It in my notes. <gasps> Harry felt slightly abandoned, and I think this is because we're both been having these conversations yeah. and both been trying to like look at our attachment styles mm-hmm. and what triggers us and our insecurities and that sort of thing as yeah. we like work towards making our relationship stronger. Yeah. And so mine has to kind of do with my personal experience on this journey. Mm-hmm. You sort of said what you've been working on. Mm-hmm. What I've been working on is to not default to a feeling of rejection or a right. feeling of abandonment right. by you because that's my like go-to. This yeah. conversation we had a few days ago. Exactly. So it is recognize your emotions, but reason them with the truth. Wow. Oh, Because I, I know that. that we've had, we've had arguments before where you've said something to me or I've said something to you and I've said, oh, you're doing this. You're whatever. You're gaslighting me right. or you're just rejecting anything I say is what I'll say to you. Right. And it's like. But that person would never do that, right? Right. And so that's not the truth. Yeah. What you're saying is you have you have really tripped over the wire that's detonated an insecurity for me. Yes. And so I think the more that you and I have been talking about them, we've been like, oh my god, that's what I'm doing. But also, oh my god, that's what you're doing. Yes. And that. Gives you a little bit better understanding of people.
0: It definitely
1: does. I was having a conversation last night with some friends um, about how, you know, working on yourself. I'm starting to realize this as I get older. Working on yourself makes you better for yourself Mm -hmm. and for your partner, but it makes you better for the world.
0: Definitely. Because it
1: increases your your empathy. Yeah. I think it gives you a wider empathetic vocabulary
0: Mm -hmm. to sort
1: of like see where people are coming from. Yeah. And it's very useful. And I think it can only make you more compassionate towards things.
0: And it's, it's like its own language. It's like learning another language. And anytime you learn another language, you're able to communicate with more people. Right.
1: Yeah. So yeah. We're on an emotional intelligence journey right we now, you and are. I. And we're really enjoying it.
0: We are. And I would say it's working because for two weeks in a row we have had the same marriage lesson.
1: Oh my God, we're in sync. Stop it. Stop. I What's can't What's an in-sync song?
0: Bye bye bye. Bye bye. na, na, then 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 something 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 something. What Where did th- what?
1: Isn't that what you said?
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. Like, not baby, bye-bye.
1: Right. That's what I said.
0: It sounded like you were saying... (laughs) Baby! That's not... You're saying baby. (sighs)
1: Well, now we're in a fight. Yep. Great. See how emotionally intelligent we are now.
0: My God. Great. You ready to roll the credits?
1: No. (laughs) I have a few more things to say. (laughs) Yes, I am. Go for it.
0: The episode will be right back. First, I wanted to take a second and tell you more about connecting with us and supporting the show. Following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is the best way to stay updated on our upcoming chapters for the week, special events and announcements, recaps of the prophecy and marriage lessons from the latest episode, and more. You can find us on Instagram at the fox and the foxhound, on Twitter at fox and foxhound, know these. And at facebook.com slash the fox and the foxhound. If you'd like to chat with us and with other listeners, or foxies as they've been christened, join us on Discord. Just head to our website, thefoxandthefoxhound.com, and click the Join Us on Discord button right there on the home screen. We're getting ready to give our Marauder patron shout outs for the week, and you too could join that list. This show is funded solely by our patrons. Thank you, patrons. So if you like what we do and want to help us continue to do it, Patreon is the most direct way to show your support. Membership levels range from $1 to $20 a month and come with great benefits, including early episode release, exclusive patrons-only Discord channels, and even digital art, which is new this season. Check it out at patreon.com slash thefoxandthefoxhound. Finally, we want to thank two special people, Judson Hurd, who composed the original theme for our show. You can find out more about Judson and his music at judsonhurd.com, J-U-D-S-O-N-H-U-R-D.com. And our manager of mischief, dungeon master, and brother from another mother, Josh Bailey. Be sure to check out Josh's ongoing D&D campaign, Casting Roles, on YouTube and Twitch. Okay, let's get back to the episode. All right. How about them credits? It's time for winners and losers.
1: How excited are you? Very excited. Excellent. Who's your winner? I'm giving it to Hermione.
0: Okay. Why Hermione?
1: Sort of the same reason I gave it to her last time, which is she keeps reiterating, I think this seems dodgy. I think this is sketchy. Yeah. And remember what, Dumbledore said about Neville right, in the first book, sometimes it takes... I don't, I'm paraphrasing here, but sometimes it takes a lot of courage to stand up to your friends and yes. tell them something that they don't want to hear.
0: Oh, that's so true. My winner is also Hermione. Why? Because she gave Harry tough love. Yeah. And... You know, yeah, just like you said, I'm. I'm really glad you brought up that Dumbledore line because I had not made that connection. But yeah, it's really hard to give tough love to people that you love. You know, it's really hard to say the unpopular thing when your other friends are all laughing about a big joke and you're like, "Mm, "That's not fucking funny." You know, that's hard to do.
1: And sometimes you have to bring it back up. Yes, I kind of learned this lesson recently at work. I was talking to um someone in our senior leadership Mm -hmm. and one of the aspects of our, the way that we handle leadership at my job is we have, we use the word relentless yeah, and being relentless. And I was talking to him about submitting an idea to leadership. Yeah. And he's like, you know, if it doesn't take foot the first time, it's okay to wait and bring it up again. As Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, if you want to be relentless, you should bring it up again. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, wow, that's kind of like, Not what I thought. Yeah. You know, it's like a new way of looking at things. Like sometimes it's okay to be persistent with things, especially if you're trying to help someone or help your organization. I like that. Yeah. Relentless. What a good word. Who's your loser? Mundungus. Why? This could be unfair because I don't know the whole truth, (laughs) but it just seemed dodgy.
0: I mean, in book five, it's implied that mundungus like has stolen the christmas tree that's in grimald place like it's it's fair it's fair to assume that he did exactly what harry said he did he also did not have a good explanation he just was like i uh who me what okay my loser is harry
1: oh i I
0: don't even have to ask you why (laughs) he's so damn reckless yeah so stupid yeah, that's all that needs to be said. This boy's gonna get somebody killed. He really is. He he just he's he's a little too James in this chapter. Yeah, Let's he just really put it is. that way.
1: You never go full James.
0: You don't go full James. <laughs> it's time for Patronus moments. Aww. That's beautiful. Bye, bye, bye. You're okay. So NSYNC is just pervading the show. I would like
1: now. to hear your Patronus moment first. Oh, okay. BT dub. Oh. We're still getting regular Patronus moments on Discord, and they're so wonderful. They have their own channel, BT dub.
0: Yes, our own Patronus moments channel. And there's like pets and people's gardens. And like, we've seen a lot of folks like us who have been able to like get together with friends for the first time since the pandemic started and how much of a Patronus moment that's been for everyone. It's so lovely. It's just, it's such a feel good channel. Well, my Patronus moment, I actually have so many because, and I'm not going to go through them all because I did pick one, but we recorded our last episode like, on a Thursday, as you remember, Thursday bourbon recording. Yay. So I've had like two full weekends, basically, yeah. and and a week in between. But, you know, a week's kind of boring. Whatever. But I got to see a lot of friends. I had like great dinners with friends and brunch, and we got to see friends this weekend. We saw dear friends of ours who listened to our show, Kit and Demi. Seeing them was really wonderful. And I just had like so many candidates for Patronus Moments. But you know what I had to choose? What? Seeing In the Heights. Oh, my God. For the advanced screening, which we did last weekend. This movie that I've been looking forward to for literally a year and a half, because it was supposed to come out last year. Yeah. And I thought that I had to wait another month to see it. And I was fine with that. I was excited. But then at the last minute, we had this opportunity for this screening. And there was like 20 people in the theater. It was totally free. (laughs) And we were eating popcorn, and it was like the sense of normalcy of being back in a movie theater. But also, I finally got to see this movie that I've been so excited about. And it was so good, and I was so happy about
1: it. And I like to say, if I'm going to go to the theater to see a movie, Mm -hmm. instead of watching it on streaming, I want it to be fun. Yeah. It doesn't mean it has to be lighthearted, but I want the movie to be fun. Yeah. And what a fun movie magical experience this movie was. I felt like they brought magic yeah. back to this old form of theater, like musical theater, mm-hmm. but without trying to copy Singing in the Ring.
0: Yes. And the biggest word that came to mind for me, like how would I describe the In the Heights movie, is I would say it's joyful. It's so joyful. It's just a celebration, the entire
1: movie. It is. And there's a lot of conflict and a lot of struggles in... Mm-hmm. Things like that in the themes of it. Yeah. But it's about gratitude and pride. It, it's about pride. Yeah. It's about gratitude. It's about fighting for justice. It's about belonging. Yeah. And it's a love letter to Washington Heights neighborhood and a love letter to New York City.
0: It's so great. It's so great. And a,
1: a, just a love letter to the diverse culture of this country.
0: Absolutely. As a white person, I can't fully appreciate the importance of this, but even as someone who is not a member of the Latinx community, the, you know, Cuban community, Dominican Republic that so predominantly makes up Washington Heights, I just sat there and I was like, this has to be so important to this group of people who just don't see themselves represented. Right. You know, and it's, it's lovely. It's so wonderful. What's your Patronus moment?
1: So I thought we had kind of some of the same ones. Like I thought about In the Heights. But to me, it was seeing Kit and Demi last night. Yeah. um, Who they told us that they've kept up with the podcast and they listen every week and they're very complimentary. And I wondered if they were still listening to it. I know Kit has recently told me that they were. Yeah. But I wondered if they were and they were and or they have been. And having a chance to talk to them, hang out at our old local yeah. neighborhood bar where we always used to hang out outside and just getting to have these conversations with them and to see that they're doing well. Yeah. And it's just like it was a hard move for them. Yeah. It's because, you know, they moved here and finally started to establish a family and a friend circle circumstances made them leave and move away Yeah, to Baltimore mm-hmm. and it hasn't been easy because they moved to Baltimore during this whole COVID thing. Exactly. And it's been very difficult, but things are really looking up for them yeah. and they're both feeling good. And it was just like, we're starting to have reunions again. Yeah. We're starting to have people see each other and hug each other again. And it's like, the pandemic's not over Code's never going away. Mm-hmm. It's going to change how we live for the rest of our lives. But we are starting to be able to go out and see each other. And it's yeah. really, really nice. It's
0: wonderful.
1: Yeah. So if you're listening, Kit and Demi, we love you.
0: We love you. Well, let's shout out our marauders.
1: All right. What's your topic?
0: My topic, what would they have stolen from Old Place? Oh, God, a <laughs> bunch of thieves. <laughs> let's start With the person like least likely to steal anything from anybody, Faith Kenfield.
1: I knew it was gonna be Faith as soon as you said that. (laughs) I think Faith would steal something from Grandma's Place and go have it like repaired or refurbished and then return it so it's in better shape than how she found it. I love it.
0: Yes. How about Lindsay Prestige? Prestige.
1: Hmm. Have to be something prestigious. Well, yeah. I think that she'd steal an old tiara.
0: Ooh! Oh, I love it. Oh my God, it would look. Wouldn't so- you like to
1: have an old antique tiara just to wear on a really formal occasion?
0: Um, yeah, I, I sure. I I'll would, work on it. I'll take that all day long. Okay. I, I want to be a princess
1: or a queen. <laughs> I'm a princess. I'm a princess. <laughs> I'm a mermaid. Oh God! <laughs> How about Chris White? I think Chris would steal, like maybe that tapestry.
0: Because he's like,
1: you know, these weren't great people, but this is history, and we need to learn from history, and we need to teach the children.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've always loved that. Like, you have to learn from history and not repeat your mistakes, and I think that would be his mindset. I love it. Dean Heath.
1: He would probably steal maybe, like, an old football.
0: Oh, that would probably be in Sirius's room. Yeah. Because, like, that pure-blood family is— But most likely it would be football, not football. Right. Fut- football. Football. Yes. How about Austin Scroggins?
1: I think Austin would steal like some some of Sirius's pomade that he used to use Ooh. for his pompadour back in the day. Hell yeah! Hopefully some like ancient Suavecito. <laughs> nice. I wish we were sponsored by Suavecito. But I would be happily sponsored
0: by Suavecito. Yeah. Nick Tillman.
1: Nikki, Nikki. I could see Nikki stealing a, an old money clip.
0: Mmm. Very
1: nice. Keep his wad in. Fantastic. Jennifer Ayers. She's going to steal a pair of magical skis so she can hit the slopes in Colorado.
0: Yeah. What do magical skis do exactly?
1: And ask Jennifer. I don't know. I do steal <laughs> Josh Bailey. Oh, he would steal some like ancient or not ancient, but like really old wine that's been in the cellar. Oh, damn. that's still good, but Hell it's yes. like 250 years old.
0: Fuck yes. I hope he's going to share it with me. Senia Jorgensen.
1: She would steal a map of the world (laughs) and mail it to us.
0: (laughs) I love it. How about Pete
1: Collins? (laughs) Pete would steal some of uh, Sirius's old records that you were talking about in your headcanon. The Bowie record. Yes. Melissa Hunter. She'd probably steal an old pair of Mossy Oak uh, waiters. Yes. In case she wants to go duck hunting or something.
0: Absolutely. And I want to give her a special shout out because something really hilarious happened. Do you remember last week when we were talking about, like, how would you know if our Marauders had been confunded? And we said that Melissa would start going by Melissa Gatherer instead of and Melissa I, Oh, I said,
1: I said Melissa Fisher, Fisher. And then you said Gatherer and it made me crack up.
0: Well, Melissa actually has an Etsy shop. Called Hunt and Gather Craftworks. Whoa! Shout out. Amazing, right? So everyone should check it out because it's really beautiful, handmade. I'm trying to even put my finger on like the right adjective. It's it's very like, fairy, like it's mm, like the. Mm, I don't know, the woods, the elements, like I can't find the right words for it. Gorgeous stuff. Hunt and gather craft works on Etsy. But she, she basically said, you know, it's funny that you guys made that joke because of this. So I just thought that was hilarious. How about Natalia
1: Ward? I think she'd probably steal a bunch of old bigoted stuff from the black family and burn it.
0: Yes, that would be the revolutionary thing to do. Samantha Tillman.
1: Oh, Sam would probably help her. Right. I'm trying to imagine, like, all the things that would be in this house. Sure. You know? I mean, it was a big house. So, really. I could see Sam stealing, like, an old switchblade or an old pair of brass knuckles. Yeah. You just know. because she's, like, badass.
0: The Black family has some kind of, like, and dirty weapons yeah. all up in Grimald Place. You know, they do. Mallory Gallagher.
1: Mallory's probably going to take some china.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Some black family It's probably China.
0: beautiful, let's be honest. Yeah. Ben Clark.
1: Ben's going to find an old stein.
0: Ooh.
1: Drink a big beer out of.
0: Hell yes. Heather Bevels.
1: She's going to steal some linings to make a little swaddle thing for her baby. What are those things called? A baby bjorn.
0: Oh my God, yeah. What, what is
1: that swaddle thing that you wrap around you and you can hold a baby in it? Like a sling? Yeah, but it's not called a sling. I don't think there's any one particular name for it. What's a baby Bjorn? Bjorn.
0: Baby Bjorn is that is a brand of what you're describing. Oh, okay. Yes. Michael Terry.
1: Michael Terry probably still some old books. Ooh, yes. Like, oh, this is like a first edition. Absolutely. Whatever, James Joyce or something. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have Muggle authors in that That's library. True. Are you
0: kidding me? How about Lexi Fage?
1: Lexi. Lexi's going to see if there's any old collectible toys in the house, and then mm. she's going to sell them to me.
0: Yes. Yes. She'll make it killing, too, because yeah. you'll buy them. How about Amy Sophia Mayer?
1: Amy's going to take the most, like, wicked, cool, gothic-looking thing that she could find. Probably, like, an old candelabra. yeah Or something like that.
0: Some kind of ornate mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic.
1: Daniel Marks. D. Mark's going to go up in Grimall Place and take what? He's just going to open the fridge, see if there's any beer in there, just take it. (laughs) Nice. It's easy to please. Anybody home? No? All right. I'm going to go ahead and take this Bud Light Lime back to the house. I forgot all about Bud Light Lime. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, Maeve Richards.
1: Maeve is going to take some mid-century modern furniture. Ooh. And reupholster it and flip it at the local thrift shop.
0: I love mid century modern.
1: <laughs> Who doesn't?
0: Right. Kelly Moore, the sender of our fantastic music challenge question.
1: Oh, Kelly would instantly go to the closet. Totally. And look for old gowns you and kidding me? clothing yes. and stuff that she could use. She
0: has a serious black cosplay. So she would just go to Sirius's closet and be like, the real thing.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Amber Biggs.
1: Amber's going to not steal anything mm. and then say, see, Henley? Yes. You don't have to go down the road of darkness.
0: Exactly. What a nice lesson. And
1: we know Henley is just headed down a dark, dark road. <laughs> <laughs> that little angelic face. I know. Never. Josh Kennedy. He's going to steal a magical comb. Ooh. That, like you run it through your hair and boom, it looks perfect. I I need that.
0: You do need that because you spend a lot of time making your hair look perfect. Yeah.
1: Now it's like so long that I need to get it cut before I can style it properly. Sure. Brienne Brown. Double B, double B, can't you see double B? (laughs) Double B is going to see if there's any old perfume that she can take. You know, those little bottles with the little pump spray at the top? Yes, please. It's called an atomizer. Yes.
0: Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Sarah Epting.
1: Sarah's probably going to see if there's any like crystals or any mm-hmm. sort of like magical stuff. Because these are wizards you just got to think about. You know?
0: Absolutely. Kara Heller.
1: Kara's just going to like see what the thread count is on the sheets and just take them right off the I bed. Bet Be like, I, I bet I it's this. good. I bet it's good.
0: Yeah. You know it's high. Vicky Gutherless.
1: I think Vicky probably just go in, make a sandwich for Rick. Oh, the kitchen, that's so nice.
0: Out. Yeah, she'd be like, I bet he's hungry. And she's so thoughtful and considerate. Yeah. How about Hannah Gibb, the abovenator?
1: Abovenator. Hannah's going to go pick up the rest of Buckbeak's toys and deliver them back to Haggard.
0: Yes. Oh, what a nice thing to do.
1: Because I don't know if they got all that stuff when they got Buckbeak. Sure he might have left his like favorite little lovey or something.
0: Because you know, Sirius. Gave Buckbeak some kind of little lovey. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like they were
1: bros. Yeah.
0: And our last marauder, Larissa Oatman.
1: Larissa. <laughs> she's got double baby slings.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I think she's going to find a magical playpen. Yes. So she can put them squirmy worms in and let them crawl all around like maniacs.
0: Yes. For our extra shout-out today, one of our Spurts, who we also had the pleasure of seeing yesterday. What? Savannah.
1: Savannah. Make way, make way. Yes. Savannah, it's time you knew. This is a thing
0: that you do with her, isn't it? Always. Always. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every time I see her, I say that.
0: What's Savannah
1: stealing from Grimold Place? Oh, my God. Something really sparkly. Oh. Savannah loves... Sparkly things mm-hmm. and bright colors. I love it. Well, there's probably not yeah. a lot of bright colors in Grimald Place, That's but great, great conversation with Savannah last night. Oh, yeah, about mental health and yeah. about emotional intelligence and about the world and compassion and she's a smart cookie. She's I'll tell you that a very, very brilliant woman
0: for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you to all of our Marauders, all of our patrons, and all of you listening. That does it for us this week.
1: Yep. And we've, that's it for the podcast. We've decided to cut it off here. That's, <laughs> um, I just don't feel like reading the rest of the books, <laughs> but it's been fun. Um, you know, DM us.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I do have to say that Kev was reading this chapter and he put the book down and he went, he had such a serious tone. I did not realize he was talking about the book for a second. And he said, I just, I don't know what to make of this whole thing. I said, "What? What are you talking about?" He was like, "This necklace, hon." I was like, "Oh, oh, it's, you're you're talking about Harry Potter? Okay, it's dark. You you've like overtaken my level of fandom now at this point. But yeah, yeah, you're you had a pretzel in your head about it, and it'll only get darker. Right? Yay!"
1: Bye.